0: Hello, world. Welcome to episode 34 of The Conscious Cut, where we keep it real about sustainability in life and style, bringing you our point of view as women of color every first Wednesday of the month. I'm Jalisa, your host this year. As always, thank you for tuning in and joining me. Today, I am joined by the founder of Peppermint Tuna, Crystal Wayne. Crystal was born and raised in Seattle, Washington, with parents who immigrated to America. Growing up in a small, unincorporated town called White Center, comprised of mostly low-income families, and having worked at her family's restaurant for 22 years, is what inspired Crystal to branch out on her own and become a small business owner. Crystal, welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Thank you for joining. Before we hop into our conversation, though, do you mind sharing how you identify with the conscious crew?
1: I identify as she and her. I come from a Vietnamese-American background.
0: I have to ask, what is Peppermint Tuna and who came up with that name?
1: <laughs> it was me, and I was trying to think of something catchy and something that you would remember like right away because there are a lot of, you know... Drifter instagramers that have I want to say like almost forgetful names and i just wanted something to be like in your face that you can remember you know maybe you won't remember both parts peppermint or tuna but you'll remember one side <laughs> <laughs> so i figured you know there's people who drive by my store and they're like peppermint tuna what is that and i'm like well you're gonna remember my name aren't you he's like yeah i will
0: <laughs> it's hilarious i remember hearing it and then like what? <laughs> it's kind of catchy.
1: It's almost like burning it in your brain so you won't forget.
0: Yeah. Mhm. I dig it. So Peppermintuna is a how would you describe it? A second-hand boutique?
1: It is a second-hand almost boutique feeling. I curate everything by myself and then I clean it before I put it in the store. So it feels pretty comfortable to be in there but you get thrift store pricing with boutique feel, if that makes
0: any sense. Oh, yeah.
1: It's not very intimidating. You know what I mean? Like the other more curated, true vintage stores could feel pretty upscale and everything is very pricey. Not everybody can afford a three, $400 t-shirt, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. So where in Tacoma are you located? Where are the cross streets?
1: I am on Broadway in, it's like Antique Row. So there's like a whole Mm. strip of different small curated vintage shops, antique malls and stuff like that.
0: Okay. Can you give us a rundown of the scene in Tacoma, specifically in that area as far as secondhand thrifting, vintage streetwear, all of that goes?
1: Yeah. So there's a store for almost everybody and different types of what kind of vintage you're truly into. Like there's a store Sips and he focuses mostly on streetwear. And then there's Savoy kind of two doors down and it's mostly curated true vintage, you know, everything that's 50 years plus. And then we got antique malls every couple doors down. And then, uh, you know, there's my shop where it's just, I curate almost, everything there's a little bit of true vintage streetwear and then contemporary I try to keep it as sustainable as I can if I feel like somebody could re-wear it and love it that's what I pick mm-hmm. yeah
0: so thrifting isn't just a Seattle thing I know when did Macklemore come out with that song like five six or has it been even longer seven it's years ago longer, yeah oh my gosh where does the time go But it kind of maybe not puts you out on the map, but just maybe reminded people that that's kind of a part of the culture out here. But it's been the same way in Tacoma and Olympia throughout the whole state, really. I mean, that's just from my perspective, having been here for like 20 something years, would you say you feel the same way?
1: Yes. And no, I would say in the last 10, 15 years, surfing has lost its stigma of you know, not being cool or you're underprivileged and stuff like that. It's kind of something that you can gloat about, like, oh, I got this at the vintage shop or I got this at the thrift store for so much money, you know, before it was, it wasn't like that in the early nineties, I would say it wasn't, it wasn't cool to thrift shop. It was kind of like you were broke, you were poor. It wasn't like a movement yet. You know what I
0: mean? Okay. I see. So like the perception you think the perception has changed okay? I
1: think it has changed a lot. I think it's gone mainstream, which is great for sustainability and everything. But, you know, early 90s coming from low income area, you would hide in the racks when you would shop with your parents. You know, like, <laughs> you know, when your parents would go to garage sales, you would hide in the car where you couldn't <laughs> see over the door. It was, it was embarrassing, but we all shop like that, you know? Every, or I wouldn't say every, but like most of us, the general population of people who lived in the area were doing the same thing, but there was a huge stigma on it. Mm -hmm. And then when you did purchase something that was new, you kept it forever. Like in, I think middle school, my parents finally bought me like a brand new Nike jacket. I still wear it to this day. Oh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of things that I've had from middle school high school i still wear to this day
0: we gotta get the image what's the jacket, what the it jacket like?
1: it's like a reversible puffer big swoosh jacket on the outside and then when you reverse it it looks like a bar city style jacket almost oh, and i cool. i have pictures in it when i was in middle school and i still wear it to this day and i think when my kids are big enough i'll pass it on to them
0: Okay, mom and dad, do you throw that in their <laughs> face? Like, hey, remember this? I still have it and I still wear it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think they think it's cool, you know, but <laughs> had my parents said that to me, I'd be like, no, thank you. Oh, when I was that age, you know.
0: <laughs> well, then what do you see the impact of thrift and vintage shopping being nowadays in Tacoma? Or specifically, what kind of impact do you hope That peppermint tuna has now that you are part of that with
1: your boutique? Gosh, I hope it, you know, try to get people who are unfamiliar with the thrift culture just to get them more comfortable to wearing and loving pre loved items. It's one garment takes so many like chains of command to actually make, you know, like people don't realize. How much it takes to make one small garment. You know, there's buttons, there's the fabric, there's a zipper, all these things had to come from different places with different packaging before it comes one garment. So when you throw that one garment, people just don't think of everything that that one garment has gone through to get to your hands. You're right. Right. Nobody really thinks about that. You know, just one thing takes so many lines to get to you.
0: I think the other piece of it that I'd be curious to Dig in more with you about is that when clothing reaches the end of its life, meaning you know, you buy, you go into the store, you say you buy it new, or you can even be thr- thrift shopping and you're, you realize, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> and you're like, I don't necessarily want to give it to anyone. Let me go donate it real quick. And then the donation center gets it, they look at it and they're like, okay, maybe we can't sell this. Out of all of the pieces that they get from everyone, only 10% of that is actually resold.
1: I know, it's so sad.
0: The point of me bringing that up is by you having peppermint tuna, you keep a lot of that in the cycle. You know what I mean? Like you pick it up and you resell it. So when I hear about what you're doing, that's like where my mind goes is you're, you're helping give new life to things.
1: Right. And like people that come to my store, I truly want them to enjoy the pieces and I want them to try it on before they purchase it just to make sure that it's not gonna go back in the cycle. I want them to truly fit it properly and actually make use of it. You know, I don't want you to just buy it and then not use it at all and then just throw it away. You know, that's not what that's not what I stand for. Mm -hmm. It's not the dollars that I'm looking for. It's actually curating things that could have second, third, fourth life.
0: How do you curate? What what was your thought process around that? And is it too nosy of me to ask like where do you source things? Maybe you don't have to you don't have to give me the names of the places, but
1: gosh, where don't I source? I <laughs> I literally source everywhere. I go to estate sales, I go to the racks, I go to the bins. I will buy off people's backs. Like if somebody's wearing something that I am interested in, I will ask them like, Hey, you know, I really like that shirt that you're wearing. Do you think you'll ever sell it? And they are pretty uncomfortable at first, but then I'll kind of talk them in. I'm like, you know, I really, really like it. Do you think that you would sell it? And they're like, sure. Like, yeah. And then I'll just buy a shirt right off the back and they'll walk around with those shirt on.
0: You're hilarious. Okay, note (laughs) it when I see you run.
1: Yeah. So if you see me like circling you vulture style, I'm coming in.
0: (laughs) That is so funny. I noticed on Instagram because I just recently started following that you've been doing a lot of pop-ups. Yeah. Can you tell me about those experiences do you feel like people have been receptive to what you're doing
1: oh yeah the pop-up market scene it's a huge thing now it's so it's like an event that somebody throws and a lot of people like me will vend and you know people who curate second hand and then they'll try to give it new life which is great and it's so busy now so yeah the stigma is completely lifted it's like something that you would want to do on the weekend to take your friends out you know it's Something cool and
0: hip to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For people that might see you at some of the markets, or like you were saying earlier, or just like driving down Broadway and see, oh, Peppermint Tune, I wonder what that is. Mm-hmm. And they have not necessarily engaged with thrift or vintage shopping, then they find out that that's what you do. What's your plug for them? Like, how do you get them to? not necessarily like buy from you. Like you're saying, it's not about the money, but like really get into what you're doing and understand the bigger meaning behind the work that you're doing.
1: I just tell them, you know, like there is so much waste. And I tell most of my people that do come in, I'm like, it's kind of disgusting almost that I see things wheel in and wheel out, you know? Just try not to buy new. I try to say, be as sustainable as you can. You know, not saying like, Well, I was a huge consumer and I understand that part too, but it's just, if you can wear this garment for so long and then you can share with your friends, I'm happy with that too, you know? Does that work? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, that works. I mean, yeah, just... Do you have repeat customers? Like, have you had someone come in and be kind of, oh, what is this? Or maybe like unsure, uncertain of what they're walking into and then realize how great what you're doing is. And they find a piece that they love and they just they keep coming back. What's your coolest customer story?
1: I would say people who do come in my store are pretty familiar with the whole secondhand shopping. So it's nothing completely new to them, you know? Mm-hmm. But I do have customers that come with me once a week, twice a week. I have the shop that's right across the street from the School of Arts and the kids come down and they shop with me once or twice a week. What they do is really cool. So they'll purchase one item and they'll split it multiple ways and then they kind of pass it around. What? Which is great. Yeah, like they'll they'll buy it like the other day somebody bought a skirt, Right. And then they split it. So they'll split it in three ways. And then everybody takes a turn. It's like a child. you kind of pass around, which is great. You know, you're getting the most
0: traveling
1: pants. Yes, it's pretty much that. It's, it's so amazing. I think it's so cool. You know, I'm not looking at making multiple sales per person. You know what I mean? Like if that, garment can have the most potential life that is what makes me truly happy that's what I'm doing that's what my goal is <laughs> wear it until it dies so they're passing it around with three four people they you get it for a month I get it for a month you know this person gets it for a month and then they'll try to resell it or donate it at that point you know but it's already gone through so many people's wardrobe and life until it goes back to the wild
0: when you first said that i was like oh so they're buying it and then they cut it up and they're like upcycling it into something else i was like oh well that's really interesting because you know you said they were at the art school so right. it's like, oh. and I,
1: I think that's the last last place before it goes before it dies i know they pass it to one of their friends that is very artistic with uh their clothes mm-hmm. and then they will cut it up and then it's kind of like the last cycle of life for that garment
0: got it mm-hmm. okay these kids are out here coming up with really cool solutions, They have patience too. Cause I be like, well, I want to wear a skirt today. I have to wait a whole month before I can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think can it's so it. cute. I love it so much. It makes it, you know, like doing this whole vintage, like curated shop, it doesn't pay me as much as how I was making before, but it does pay me in like happiness and how I could contribute back to the earth. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I'm doing, but I feel like I'm doing something.
0: you're making an impact not just by keeping things in rotation clothes in rotation and you know extending the life but also it sounds like making an impact on people's literal lives human lives
1: right
0: which is that's cool you can't really measure that part right you said it you you're happy if you're happy at the end of the day and you see the happiness of your customers then that's it right
1: right the pure joy of somebody picking up an item that i hand picked myself and they're just so happy and giddy when they pay for it that pays me mhm cuz i i do set my prices very affordable so people can buy two three times a week you know they don't have to wait a whole month to pick up one true
0: neck sweater or something Mm -hmm. so they can participate i know that's a big part of the conversation for a lot of thrifters that i know is that the prices are just out of control in comparison to when i don't know how old you are but in comparison to when some of us were growing the the elder millennials when we were growing up the prices were real real low and now they're real real high Mm -hmm. so
1: I mean I get some of the prices where they have to set it high because it is harder to curate and you're not gonna find that. So you are paying for people's time sitting at wherever store they are or the resources that they have to find these items. So I understand that. But like things that you can curate almost every day, I would set at a lower price just for somebody to purchase it and love it and wear it, you know. Is there anything else you want people to know about what you've got going on? Just recycle everything that you have. There's so much waste out there. It's sad and depressing. You know, you just gotta start small and not make a huge change. It's not like, you know, night and day kind of a thing. It's like if you can bring a tote bag to my store and carry the garments home, that's just one paper bag that you don't have to recycle. You know,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it's just tiny, tiny little changes that you do throughout your life that do add up and Lego up to be a big movement, you know, just start small. It doesn't have to be huge. Continue buying secondhand. I understand that you do have to buy Mississippi items like socks and underwear and stuff like that. I'm not, <laughs> you know, you don't want to buy those used. I don't recommend yeah. that, you know what I mean? But like, if you can, like a seasonal sweater because you think it's funny, try not to buy that at the store, like a, a brand new box store. Mm -hmm. Try to go curate it at a thrift shop or at the bins or find it from your grandma or something. You know, if you're going to, if you're just going to wear it once, try to find that second hand. Don't contribute to the fast fashion waste.
0: What was the thing that made you say, I'm going to start my own thrift store?
1: So I started reselling my personal items. Like, you know, I had kids and we got gifts like shoes and clothes, items like that. So I started selling them on a platform, and it kind of like snowballed from there. I can sell my things, make money from them, and then I just started to curate more items that I can resell. And it kind of, it's kind of like a trifecta of what I like to do. Hmm. I like to go shopping. So here's my shopping addiction. Oh, (laughs) yeah it's it's like it's like a recycling symbol. It's shopping. Terrible shopping habit. So (laughs) so thrifting and finding things four people. Here's my shopping habit. And then I recycle at the same time. So that's something that I love doing. And then I make money. It's like a little cycle <laughs> that keeps on like going and going and going. And then it just kind of snowballed out of control.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Just out of my own curiosity, what do you do with the clothes that don't sell in your store? Do you have a system for that? Or what is the last stop for everything?
1: My system is I kind of make a pile Mm -hmm. and then i will do like huge markets and then i'll discount it super discount it so if Mm -hmm. i can just purge it and get rid of it that way Mm -hmm. and then if it doesn't sell there then i will re-donate it got it yeah so i try i try not to throw anything out unless it's like super damaged Mm -hmm. or it's not fixable you know, Cool. well, there's
0: a lot of waste and the more thrift stores, secondhand vintage, all the things that we can have, the better. I guess on that note, I can ask you, do you feel that there's competition between you all or how do you feel about being a part of that?
1: There is and there isn't, you know, like we do have our loyal people that do come to us. But everybody kind of has their own genre. So nobody's really stepping on each other's toes. You know, it's kind of like a tight knit community almost, you know, mm-hmm. we are separate businesses and technically we are competing with each other. But we do do things that kind of bind us and get us together. Like I'll try once a month, I'll try to get all the thrifters from different places that we go thrifting and we'll do like an event. There's so much goods out there that we don't have to compete with each other it doesn't have to be cutthroat
0: good answer right
1: it's 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 (laughs) it's 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 a community and we are all fighting with each other but it doesn't have to be (laughs) because there's so much items out there that you can curate. and there's no need to fight with each other there's there there shouldn't be any competition you know you have your people i have my people and we're we're doing the same thing but there's enough for everybody there's so much waste if you go to the places that we source from, you will become disgusted of how much things come in and then how much actually goes back out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very sad and depressing. (laughs) It is. It's so sad. And like, where does it go after that? You know? Yeah. It's tons and tons of like textile waste.
0: It is. So... Good to know that there's a lot of variety to choose from. And shoot, I lost my thought of <laughs> oh no, I was gonna say I went to school. It sounds like where you're located. And there used to be urban exchange. Did you ever did you hear about them? Did you ever shop there? Did you know about?
1: I think I've heard the name, but I don't think I've ever shopped there.
0: They went out of business a few years ago, but I used to go there quite often. I just add that in there to add to the fact that Broadway has been a like thrift beacon in that area of Tacoma.
1: It is. And there's so many, yeah, there's so many new shops and it's like it's slowly thriving, which is great. I think it's a beautiful thing. It's moved from like the old antique shops to more the second life, the second generation, if you will, younger folks opening shops and stuff like that, getting the younger crowd into it, getting them familiar with secondhand items. Just
0: circling back to the first question, do you feel like this is just a blip in time, meaning the stigma that you were talking about having Mm -hmm. kind of faded away over the last few years? Do you think that that will last? Do you think that it's just a trend? Do you think this new, the generation that's coming up behind us will carry it forward and they'll take it and run with it in a different way? You know, like transforming it and making it better? Or do you think we'll end up back in the same sort of place that we were back in the 90s when it wasn't cool? Unless you were like Nirvana wearing secondhand.
1: (laughs) No, I don't think it'll ever go back to early 90s with that huge stigma of, you know, this isn't cool. This isn't dope. You are poor. I don't think it'd ever go back to that. I think that the younger crowd will turn it, you know, and make it even better for the younger crowd for them once that stigma is lifted, I think it's gone. And I think now that people are aware of how much waste is going out and what effect it has on our planet, I think that people will continue going down this path of like being sustainable, you know, being more aware of what what we put on our bodies, what we put out in the landfill. I think that there's no going backwards.
0: Well, great. You're going to be a part of that. And that's really exciting. Yeah. You'll hopefully be around to see how this new way of thinking and shopping will last or transform. Yeah.
1: I think it's going to last for a very long time. I don't think that going back to new box stores and like hitting the malls, like even if you go to the malls nowadays, it's just not the same how it was in the early 2000s. You know, that was, that was the hangout spot. That was the cool thing to do. Now it's like going to the thrift shops, going, you know, planning your weekend to go to these outdoor markets with 50 thrifted vendors. That's the cool thing now, which is awesome.
0: Mm -hmm. Circling back to the second question about like, what's your plug for someone who isn't currently thrift shopping? What would you say are the top three benefits to thrift shopping and why they should start today?
1: Okay, well, it's a lot cheaper than going to new places and it is more sustainable, eco-friendly to shop secondhand. And the items that are actually in my store I will repair and clean. So it takes out that whole ick of touching used items. Cause I do see people that actually go to thrift stores that are not very you know, they're not used to touching secondhand items and they kinda Lightly touch the garments (laughs) because they kind of feel that ick, and I try to take that out from my store. You know, when you walk in, it feels like a boutique almost, but when you look at the things, they're like, Oh, is there multiple of these items? I was like, No, there's just I don't, I just have one. I, you know, handpicked everything, it is secondhand shop, and they kind of are semi grossed out, but they start to get comfortable and like really looking through the items. I try to make it as clean as possible. So that it does take that ick, that stigma out of secondhand shopping.
0: Those are good. And I'm laughing at the last one because if people only knew how disgusting brand new clothes are as well. There's so many chemicals that go into the dyes of our clothes that go into the finishing that is added to the clothes things that get on it in the packaging and like the shipping the transit is equally if not more disgusting when it's brand new as well so
1: (laughs) i mean people need to be more educated i I think that will be later in life where people actually are more educated on how nasty these fashion companies are in stuff like that the more that people are aware i think the more that they will back off of purchasing these new things and going the other route of vintage shopping secondhand shopping you know it it really isn't ick. you can take these things home and you can clean them they they're better than brand new the the quality will last longer than any of these things that you're getting from these fast fashion brands
0: Mm -hmm. agreed I'm assuming that because you're in this business, you also shop for your own self, secondhand. Yes. What is the most treasured piece that you found this year when shopping for yourself?
1: Oh, OK. So I'm a really big sucker for 90s sports, especially the Chicago Bulls. I got this piece last year. It's a Chicago Bulls varsity denim jacket. I will never part ways with this thing. Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls, I don't know what it is. It's such a nostalgic 90s kid team. And I love it. Every single time I see the Bulls, it needs to come home with me. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I will not sell it.
0: <laughs> it sounds cute, though. You have to I have to see you in it. You said it's a denim jacket. Is it red or is it like blue denim?
1: So blue denim on the chest and then it's red sleeves. And it's, uh, you know, it, it is embroidered in the front chest. and then mm. it has a huge Chicago Bulls on the back. It so will never, never, ever. You know, people try to buy it off the back of of me all the time. Like, no, not for, not for sale, not for sale.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't leave that sitting around. It's going to be snatched
1: for sure. They're like, no, that that's my baby. No, I'm not, <laughs> not giving her up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you want to talk about or mention?
1: I do truly love doing what I do. This really makes me happy. Not everybody understands it coming from like a very Asian background. You know, like my parents used to say, like, why are you digging in the garbage can? You know, <laughs> you can go to school and do something else, but that doesn't make me happy. I just, I don't want that. I'm not contributing to anything, to the world, to the earth, nothing like that. I feel like I was put on the planet to do this. It doesn't seem like much to other people, but... It makes me really happy on one side. Not the garbage can. Yeah, my mom (laughs) my mom is super Asian. You know, if you're not a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer of any type, you're just a disgrace. (laughs) No mom. I mean you under but now she kinda gets it, sort of, but it's just it's not a typical, you know, first generation Asian thing to be doing mm-hmm, running your own thrift shop, I guess.
0: <laughs> no I, I understand. I think to some degree, our parents want us to get what they deem to be stable jobs so they't have to worry about us so much Yeah, but I think this is my perspective, you know what you're doing is, is waste is waste management and we need that in the world. like you need to have the people that are thinking about waste and how to get rid of it, how to keep the planet. Clean and how to keep people safe. So,
1: if nobody's doing it, it's just a garbage can for everybody, and it's not somebody has to do the dirty work. Ex- hey, yes, yeah. why not me? And I love it, I enjoy every minute of it,
0: and that's what we need. We need more people in the world that enjoy what they do because then that makes it more engaging for us to participate,
1: All right? I just feel like you know, people can read your aura and like what you put out there. And, you know, if you're not truly 100% standing behind what you live and strive for, people can feel that, you know, mm-hmm. they can feel the fakeness of it. I feel like people can see what I stand for and they totally vibe with that. And I, I love it and I thank them for it.
0: That's a part two of another podcast episode, Authenticity.
1: <laughs> 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 no, I really do truly feel like there are some people out there that just do it for the dollar signs and you can feel that you know what i mean but people who are truly into the fashion into you know being sustainable you can also see that too you can see when people eat sleep breathe that you know that's what they live for but when somebody's just doing for the dollar and they're not They're not vibing with you. Those people who are shopping with you won't want to come back. You kind of leave a yucky taste in their mouth where you're like, okay, you do have really cool, dope pieces, but you're not a good person.
0: Mm -hmm. And so that can be a number four of why people should get into thrift or vintage shopping with you specifically, because you have a good aura, you have good energy, that customer service.
1: I try. You can feel
0: feel good (laughs) when you go shopping. There was a question that I got while you were talking about your parents. You mentioned that you repair things. Mm -hmm. Is it beforehand or can people bring things to you and you will repair them? Or is it just like getting it in preparation to be sold?
1: So I've bought stuff from people that have garments that have holes and stuff like that. And I will buy it from them and then I will repair it and then I'll wash it and put it on the floor. Got it. Yeah, so I will try in my best to repair items and then put them back on the floor. If I can't repair it and there's no way that I can put a patch over it or like stitch it together, then I will either use that as a rag or donate it back to see if somebody can fix it.
0: Okay, so you don't don't do repairs in store for people
1: No, because I'm not, I'm not great at it. I can get by with it. You know, like a lot of people donate overalls Mm -hmm. that lose their little metal rivets and stuff like that. I will replace and repair those. It's super simple. And I wish that people are more educated on just fixing items that could be fixed within like a couple minutes, you know, instead of just taking this thing that you really like and just throwing it out because a little rivet popped off. Mm -hmm. It's simple fix, simple little tiny fixes that people can do to continue wearing these garments.
0: Well, cool. So what's next for Peppermint Tuna? How can people stay connected with what you got going on? Are you doing any markets? Can people also shop online? I was thinking about that while you were talking.
1: So I'm in the process of trying to figure out if I want to do an online thing, but i I do try to stay away from that because it is a lot of packaging. There is a lot of waste in that, and I don't want to stand for that. I'm trying to be as sustainable as I can. So I try to do everything in store. Markets I will do, I do them typically maybe two to three times a year, kind of just bigger events. So I have an Instagram that I usually post a new reel every week of what items that I've curated throughout the week, and then I'll put it on my Instagram. So it's peppermint tuna on instagram and that's how people can contact me
0: sweet thank you so much crystal and everyone for taking the time to kick back and be conscious with us make sure to follow at the conscious cut on your favorite social media platform and share one thing you would like to do to become more sustainable then stay tuned for the next episode to hear about the healing power of art from one of seattle's best storytellers mark your calendars for november 1st 2023 until then bye world